EFTM. Tech, cars, lifestyle. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long. EFTM. G'day, g'day. Great to have you coming a little bit later in the day. If you're one of those people that listens the minute it drops, it'd probably come to you slightly later. I apologise. Um, I'm at home with my daughter who's sick. Poor thing. She sounds with a croakiest voice. Very sick, but she's not got COVID or any of those things. But isn't it funny how that's our only concern these days? Have you got COVID? Take a COVID test. All the other viruses we're spreading. But um, there is something going around, as they say. So um, I thought I'd just work from home today, do my radio, so I can just duck upstairs and say good day every now and then, make sure she's still enjoying Netflix, which she's binging the heck out of. I should check what she's watching. Oh, she's watching Harry Potter. Lots of Harry Potter. Um, so... Um, a little bit to do today. We've got a couple of calls um, and we're going to talk cybersecurity. We're going to talk scams. We're going to talk Trend Micro. Trend Micro have been a longtime supporter of EFTM and I've spoken to Tim Flinsky before and I'll speak to him again because he's just such a great speaker. He knows his stuff. He's, he's ingrained in this world of scams and viruses and internet security. And I just think it's ne- always a good time, um, but especially with end of financial gear, there's some scams coming up. It's just a good time to stop down and remind ourselves of of some internet security questions and issues and also just take it all on board and then bring it up at your next dinner party, bring it up at your next family gathering because I think we have an obligation to each other to help educate each other on these things. So anyway, we'll talk to Tim Flinsky as well today. Um, now... Oh, no, not we haven't, iOS 17 still not in public beta yet, but I'm very excited about iOS 17 because of the podcast app gets a little update. That means we can have um, episode-specific artwork. So you, you'll you see this, and you already get this on um, what's called Spotify. But what happens is in the uh, when you're in the feed for a particular show, so you're in your library. I mentioned this on Two Blokes Talking Tech, so yes, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but you'll get over yourself if you don't listen there. On the um, on the feed, you, you'll see the, the main cover art, and then each episode has its own specific artwork. And so, look, how long will Trevor persist with doing this? I don't know. But, for example, I didn't do this this week, but I'm pretty sure I can create, uh, um, use, like, an artwork for each movie. Look, looks different. So you get a specific artwork for each episode, um, which I think is a really good differentiator for those people listening through the uh, podcast app. No word on Pocket Cast doing the same thing. Um, Spotify is definitely the leader in that space. But still to this day, 95 plus percent of people listen through Apple Podcasts. If Spotify want to give me 5 million bucks, I'll definitely go exclusive and we'll change the world. Um, and I'll do it all myself. I won't get my staff to interview people and then just put voiceover on it. That'd be wild. Imagine that. Wild. Megan Markle. Um, anyway, anyway, well, that's ahead. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Please tell your friends. Um, just tell them it's a, it's a radio show. They should listen to On Demand. That's what it is. That's what a podcast is, essentially. Except we do this one exclusively for you. We don't, uh, we don't do this on the radio and then put it out. This is... exclusive original content for you, the podcast listener. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. My favourite time of the week is going to calls. All those people have emailed. Just go to EFTM.com, click Ask Trev. You can be the same and we'll get you on the line. G'day, John. Hey, Trevor. What can I do for you, buddy? What's happening? 
Well, I just wanted to talk to you about a, a little idea I had with some of the scam calls that were coming in and constantly getting calls and texts from everyone from Nigerian princes offering me millions to uh, all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, and, they're, ne- uh, they're never great, but they're, but they're, they're, they're abundant. <laughs> they are very abundant, that is for sure. Uh, and so my, my first thought, as, as with most people, is just pop the call. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they keep coming back again. So I thought somehow this is not blocking. I don't understand. Um, and I have the standard thing, an iPhone, and, and you know, it, it says the call's blocked, but they, yep. they keep ringing back. They've got various different numbers. So I decided to set up a contact from the next one that called and just labeled it spam. And oh, so right. So, time, so you've literally got a contact in your phone called spam. You could call it whatever you wanted. And and exactly. when someone calls uh, or you get an SMS, you can just add that number to the same contact. So the same contact has lots of different numbers, I'm assuming. Correct. Uh, and, in fact, I I, uh, I even added two or three more because as I got certain ones like the one that said you uh, you you haven't paid your e-toll, uh, mm. you know, you've got to send some money for it. So I then added a contact called eToll Spam, and they've got about four or five different ones. Yeah. And and now when that calls, it comes up on the screen. I know straight away. I'm just going to ignore how that how often are they Look. using the same number though? It varies enormously. Uh, there's one that uh, constantly comes up something totally different, maybe once a week, right. uh, on the same or the same two or three numbers that are in that contact. Mm-hmm. Others, are, but if if I open the contact now and just scroll down, there are dozens and dozens of numbers, and of course they're all they look like genuine Australian mobile numbers. Yeah, that's right. The vast majority. Mm. So and I've got no way of telling. I find it fascinating. You know, <laughs> is it weird? The nerd in me has a really interesting question. That is, I wonder what the limit is for the number of numbers per contact. Well, <laughs> Well, at no point has he ever said to me, your contact is full. You know, how many numbers so, can one person have? How can this spam person have three home numbers, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. And I think it was yourself who mentioned a few, or you and Stephen mentioned a few podcasts back about Scam Watch. Yeah. Uh, so I also, if I send stuff off to them. Yes. Um, and if ever they come back to me with an inquiry, I've got a whole list of numbers I can give them. Do they often come back? Oh, I'll be honest, I don't think I've reported anything. I just, I generally get an email. If I get an email uh, scam, I just forward it on to them mm. and I just get a, a standard yep. acknowledgement. Which is, which is, if it helps. I think, um, I wonder whether, you know, Telstra launched that thing, um, 7226, where you forward a, an SMS scam, but it only works for Telstra customers. I do feel like <laughs> it's it should be scam watch. This is government-funded, you know, authority. Maybe they should be taking the lead on all that. Maybe it should be easy for us to, you know, screenshot a scam, forward a scam and do all that stuff like from our phone. Very Like there should be an app that just integrates with all phones, allows you just to go, you know what, I want to share this with Scamwatch, you know. It should be as easy as AirDrop. You've just given a developer a great idea. Well, I hope someone gets onto it because it would be an absolute winner. Um Mm, anyway, I, I, mate, I love the fact that you're, A, that you report stuff to Scamwatch, but I also love the fact that you've got that simple idea, which is, you know, it's not going to work every time, let's be clear, but for the times they do use a repeat number for repeat things or they diversify their their interests, at least you've got a heads up. I like it. 
spam. For sure. It, or scam, it doesn't whatever you want to call them it. Calling. Yeah, it doesn't stop them calling, unfortunately. And can you not block a contact? Block you can only block, block numbers. I've blocked the whole contact, but they still keep coming. Interesting. So, so hang on. So you've odd. blocked the contact on your phone, but if they call from a number mm-hmm. that is within that contact, it doesn't work. It's, it still comes up and says spam. Oh, well, that's annoying. Interesting. That's very interesting. All right, John. Well, uh, I like the idea. I appreciate the innovation. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Good on you, John. Thanks for listening. Cheers, mate. My pleasure. Cheers, sir. Good Bye. on you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just all about ideas, right? There is no one solution to this problem, but as a community, let's get together and help each other. Good on you, John. And uh, if you've got a question or an idea or you're looking to buy something, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's keep going with calls. Tiffy's on the line. G'day, Tiff. Hi, Trevi. Going, sweetie? Yeah, really good. What can I do for you? Well, I'm having trouble, and this has been going on since 2021. I've got an iPhone SE third generation. I've had it for a year. But from 2021, Gmail on the app and on Safari, when I've gone into both on the website, have not let me reply. Now, I don't know if it's voiceover or what's going on. I've just had an argument with the disability Google support team, and they're telling me, to, to tell them what the version of Safari is. Now, I've looked in settings. There's no so version Tiff, of Safari. So, are you just trying to use... And they won't help me. You're trying to access your email on your iPhone? No, no, I, I can access it, but if I want to reply to a thread, yes. I can reply, but nothing is sent. But and I actually have had you, Adam you, tell me that he this, never got my replies either. You're doing this either with the Gmail app or through Safari. Is that correct? Both. I've, I've, I've tested both. Have you tried adding your Gmail account to the Apple Mail app? I've done that, but and and I can do that, but it is an issue if you do it the first time because Google wants you to verify it's really you and it doesn't let you, let you do it. So it takes you hours to try and get to a part where you can put the code in. Yeah, it's I know. stupid, honestly. But I guess, I guess the thing is... And they're so wrong. The thing is that the Gmail experience may not be accessibility-friendly on the phone, but I, I feel very confident that the... Apple Mail app one would. So despite the fact that it, it might is, be an arduous process to get it set up, I think that that would be far more worth your time than the heartache that you're giving yourself over, you know, Google's lack of accessibility on on Safari and the are like. You, are you able to tell Apple to chat to Google and tell them to take this 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 um, security thing off? I know it's a security thing, mm. but it doesn't work with the Apple Mail app because it says, you know, it wants you to follow the prompts. But the prompts don't come up anymore on the Gmail or YouTube apps. Hmm. Right. Well, I mean, can they, you tell Apple, please? The, I can't. They tell won't Apple. help me. They won't touch it. They, they won't care because uh, they don't. They would just say use an iCloud email address. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I, want to do that because I've got everything with Gmail. Hundred percent. Tiff, and I think I think though, will blacklist you. I think that if you um, create third-party accounts, I've never had a problem with the authentication of a Gmail account. Um, I still do get the prompts on. Um, on YouTube and, and other things. So I wonder I whether I wonder whether getting someone, and again, this is kind of like the most insulting thing to say to you, isn't it, is to say getting <laughs> someone who's actually uh, able to help you um, with the vision uh, to, to step through this, to remove the account from the phone entirely would be what I'd first do. Then I would mm. first 
get a login to to the YouTube app, for example. So you basically need to log out of anything um, Google related. So you log out of YouTube, log delete the Google and the Gmail apps, and and remove the Google account from your um, iPhone settings under accounts. So removing that completely, and then start from scratch. Okay. So the first step is. Let's actually get YouTube working. Yeah, so that's good. And then add it back in as an account for mail. And hopefully then you'll get that verification correctly on uh, on the phone. Because I think that, that... I have done that, but it doesn't work. Google have just screwed everything up and Apple won't touch it. Google blame me. Apple blame me. And I'm stuck in the middle. Have you got someone helping you with it physically? No, because I live in my own suite. I know, but is there no, like no one you see on a like a monthly or weekly basis or anything that might be able uh, to help you monthly, get through it? Monthly, but a lot of them, a lot of them are on Android, yeah. and those who are on Apple don't understand voiceover. But the good thing is, you don't need help with that. You just need help with this no. authentication issue to but get to I get the Google set up. I have tried to get support workers to help me, but they had no idea what to do. Mm. And Adam, all he could tell me was go into settings, which I did, but it took ages to get the code sent to my mobile number, which is the only way I can I, I, I can verify. Yeah, yeah, because you because you don't want the the YouTube verification; you just want the mobile number. It's much easier that way, isn't it? Exactly, but <laughs> Gmail don't have Gmail and YouTube don't have the prompts anymore. Mm. And the from what Adam told me. Google has started this since May last year with, with third-party apps like the Apple Mail app. Mm, interesting. That's when they started this crap. Well, look, it's stupid. The best thing I can do is is you're in you live in the northern <sighs> suburbs of Melbourne. If there's anyone that can help South directly, Marang, yeah. yeah. If there's anyone that can help, I'd I'd be happy to refer them to you. Um, but I, I feel Vision like Australia won't touch it either. I feel like you need they to. They just f- tell me go to the Apple Mail app. That's all they say. Focus. But your... when I told them about the Google issue, sorry, I didn't mean to override you. When they tell you, you know, when I told them about the Google issue with the security thing, yeah. they say there's nothing that they can do. They can't. I, I was on the phone to Greg Madsen, and he said there's nothing we can do. No. No, no one will help you. And I said, well, you know, Gmail is better, or not just Gmail, but Google's better because you're not blacklisted with other accounts, third-party things, whereas I have been told other services can blacklist you if you create too many accounts with third parties. I, I don't Gmail believe that's don't, true. Google I, don't do that. I, I don't believe that's true. I mean, what sort of what sort of uh, services are you talking about? Oh, I've got heaps. I've got Davillier, I've got uh, Mila. Oh, There's just too many, to be honest. Right. I, I mean, I don't think blacklistings are... are a big issue. Um, I feel like that's just something that people people say to uh, like push you off and 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 stop you going down a certain path, perhaps. Um, I don't know, hmm. but Google is better for me because totally. it's all in the one place. Hundred percent. Yeah. And if it had happened back in 2012, as I said in the email, after I first learned how to use an iPhone, I would have done something different. But it no, happened nine right. years later. One hundred percent. And look, so so my my advice right now is we mm. we we need to find some way to get someone to help you. But uh, my my advice to you is to focus your energy because you've got a lot of energy about this, right? Focus your energy yeah. on simply getting the verification to work. So then, because you know that if we can just get that Gmail account into Apple Mail, your all this weight will be lifted off your shoulders. So that's what we need to focus on. I can, on. but I don't want to do those prompts because I've never been able to get them to work. They don't no, no, work for me. You, that's what I'm saying. You only need to do it once, though, Tiff. It only needs to happen once. 
You don't have to do prompts every know, time you use it. I know, what I'm saying it. is I can't get them. Yeah, I know, but I can't get them to work. I know. So I want to be able to bypass it and go to the code instead because that's easier. And that's and why more accessible too. It's 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 the worst thing to say to someone who's visually impaired is to say we need to find someone who's not visually impaired to well, simply I'm step totally through. Blind. This. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I the, need to find someone but who's, the thing who's is not support blind. Workers, I know, but the support workers can't help me, darling. I'm not talking no about support workers. I'm not talking about support no workers. No one else too. can help me, sweetie. I'm I'm making a call. I'm trying to encourage people to find someone who can help you, right? But you need to focus that energy. I have it set up in the Gmail app now, but if I need to reset, uh, no, not the Gmail app, sorry, the Apple Mail app now, but if I need to reset my phone, I've got to do it all again. Why would you reset your phone? Sometimes it freezes. VoiceOver is stupid, I'm telling you. Mm. So I've got to sometimes do that because DoorDash won't work or this one because of the cache thing. And I've tried to clear the cache. It doesn't work. Oh, it's stupid. <laughs> I hate Apple sometimes, but from but what but there are a million times me, better be, than Android for you. <laughs> yeah, but well, I can't. But because Vision Australia have said everyone really should remain with Apple because even if Android is accessible, it is very difficult to go through apps and remove them. It's very clunky. That's why they always say to people, stick with Apple if you can, especially when you're used to it. Yeah, there's and no doubt. Apple is the only smartphone I've ever been used to. And, and it is by far and Talk away the best for, for people with vision impairments or complete blindness. There's no doubt it's the best one on the market. But we just need to, exactly. get, you over, we just need to get you over that hurdle, okay, Tiff? So let's see what we can find, see if there's any way we can, we can find someone to help. I don't know, but let's at least see what we can do. All right, Tiff? All right, sweetie. All right. Thanks, son. I'll let you know. Thanks, Doug. Good on you. Thanks very much. Um, look, Tiff's very frustrated. You can hear that. And it would not be a five-minute job. But if there's anyone with uh, a bit of an IT bent in the Melbourne area willing to travel up to the northern suburbs of Melbourne, South Morang is where uh, Tiff said she is. I don't know. I just looked it on Google. It's you know, it's in the north. Something near Epping. They've got an Epping in Melbourne as well. Anyway, um, I I will compensate you for your time. Okay? So if there's someone who can help, I will personally compensate you for your time and I'll send you the brand new EFTM merch when it drops in a couple of months. I'll, I'll help you out as best I can um, if you can help Tiff out because Tiff is a long-time loyal listener and she's frustrated. And just for a minute, okay, just close your eyes and try and use your phone and then turn on voiceover and you'll realize it's amazing but it's frustrating. And then do something complex, like try and add a Gmail account to your phone with your eyes closed. It's not easy. So you get the frustration that would be coming over there. And I think a lot of people who are blind or visually impaired probably do have someone in their life that they live with or that they see daily or weekly who probably does these kind of things for them. Tiff's on her own. And support workers, it's not their job to provide tech support, and nor should they have a requirement to have that knowledge or ability. So let's try and help Tiff out, okay? And I'll, I'll say again what I said a minute ago. It's not going to be a five-minute trip. Tiff's passionate. <laughs> she, she may have other issues she wants to uh, impose upon you, but let's just see if we can get her some help, all right? Because I think it would be great if she could get Gmail in the Mail app. That's going to solve the accessibility issue of Gmail. See what we can do. Uh, reach out to me. Um, Send me an email, get in touch however you can, and we'll see if we can connect you. 
and I'd appreciate it. Driving a Porsche Cayman GT4 RS right now. Got to tell you, I love my life. It's a good time. This is a $311,000 car with $30,000 worth of options that on the road is probably $400,000, okay? It's a four-litre four flat six, um, which sounds just beautiful because it's mid-engine. It sits The engine sits right behind your back, and you hear every bit of it. But here's what's a fascinating thing. If you're a car lover, it's an auto, which I love because I'm kind of over driving a manual. I drove an i20 um, hatch, i20n hatch, it was a manual. It was fun, a lot of fun. But when you get one day of traffic, it's like, I'm over this. But this thing blips and changes gears like beautifully. So absolutely no issues there. It's got bloody race harnesses, race roll cage, carbon fiber bonnet. It's got all the, all the race stuff. But it's also got Apple CarPlay. Um, that's a win. So it's a, it's a race car with Apple CarPlay. But here's the amazing thing, driving a car like this around. If you just drive potter around, it definitely makes more noise than it needs to. But it does potter around quite well. It's stiff as anything on the road, but it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good out there. So I'll do a little TikTok on that at some point, and I'll put a photo up on uh, on the Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, please do. Uh, Trevor Long, AU is the username to look for. Um, and, uh, yeah, find me there, and there's always a bit of content going around. Um, and it's important to take the $4,900 lift system option to raise the front end of a Porsche because my driveway is horrible. Um, so, so, yeah, be real careful of that one. Um, I wanted to talk, and I'll probably talk about this in a bit more detail with Stephen Fennick on Two Blokes Talking Tech um, because by then we'll have the pricing on the BYD Dolphin which is going to be their small electric car. Now, when I first spoke to, I should, if someone wants to go back and listen, I won't, but if someone wants to go back and listen to Luke Todd, I wonder if he said anything in my interview with him here um, on this show about the price they were going to get to. Because I, personally, I got the sense from him that this was a thirty dollars to $35,000 car. So my hope is that the BYD Dolphin launches at $34,990. $34,990. That would be amazing. Will it launch at thirty four nine ninety? Probably not. But uh, in all, like there's been New Zealand pricing, overseas pricing, we kind of thought it was going to drop like at 42 or something. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. For a tiny hatchback, 42? No way. But then the MG's, uh, MG4 was announced with a $44,000 price tag. But just overnight, they announced a smaller battery version of that, right? So it's only 51 kilowatt hour battery, which only goes 350 k's of range, which is perfectly fine for city commuters. And this will be 38,990. 
So they've basically gone two days ahead of BYD launching a car. They've gone, no, no, we can do that. $38,990 plus on roads minus government subsidy. That's genius. This is a genuine price war because I have no doubt MG set this timing of this announcement to ruffle the feathers of BYD. Because if they were going to go $39,990, they now have to reduce the price. The BYD Dolphin will be an utter failure if you can get an MG4 for $38,990 and theirs is more because it's a slightly bigger car. I'm pretty sure it's a bigger car. Now, the MG4 looks to me on you know photo skin level to be about the same size as the Cooper, which I've paid sixty grand for, but I'm very happy to pay a twelve grand premium. Um, in fact, I'm really not because the range on the MG4 to get five hundred and thirty kilometers range, you've got to pay fifty five thousand dollars. I'm getting five hundred eleven k's range, and I'm paying fifty nine. Uh, so. I'll take the Cupra every day of the week over the uh, over the MG things. But if range is not an issue for you, so you're not going to go out of town, the MG4 EV Excite with 51 kilowatt hour battery, just 350 k's range for 38,990. So a Dolphin needs to come to town with battery options, but also it needs to come to town with a $35,000 price tag. Or I don't know how they genuinely sell them in numbers other than the fact that they, they seem to be able to deliver more cars. MG have got a good offering, but they just can't seem to bring enough cars in. If MG can bring a boatload and BYD bring a boatload, then we've got a real race on our hands. But I'm super excited about a, a price war in the EV space. I think that's really exciting. I think it's good for the market. Um, and I also think it's great that people spending 30 and 40 grand can get the rebate from governments as opposed to people spending 60 and 70 grand. Because if you can afford 60 or 70 or 80 grand for a car, you don't need no friggin' subsidy. Sorry, you don't. If you're buying a Tesla Model Y or Model 3 and it's white, it means you couldn't afford the $1,500 extra paint. You didn't want a white car, please. Who wants a white car? Maybe you do. I apologize. Get over it. Anyway, fascinating times. Be listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech later this week when we will have the BYD pricing. And I think that will be, oh, will we? No, because it's Wednesday. It's going to be announced on Thursday. We probably won't have the pricing. See what I can do. Anyway, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Later this week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Let me know what you think if you've got a question or a comment or a concern. EFTM.com. Just click Ask Trev. Thank you for listening, and this is the EFTM Podcast. Great to have your company, and it's EOFI. I hate that word. I hate it being used in ads, but I just feel like everyone recognizes it. But end, end of financial year. I did a segment this morning on the Today Show talking about the deals and things that are out there, but there's a there's a bigger problem that happens at these kind of defining moments of the year, whether they are big news events or defining moments of the year like Christmas or Father's Day or, or end of financial year, and that's scams. It becomes a problem because scammers, they're smart people, let's be honest. They're, they're normally one step ahead of a percentage of the population and they're certainly one step ahead of um, scam filters and, and uh, the, the telcos and, and even especially the government and uh, law enforcement. So we've got to do our best to keep ourselves educated, aware, and I think my main point today is that that's upon us as individuals in our, in our family and community too. You're someone who listens to a, a guy talk about tech every week. So you're probably savvy and you know what you're doing here. But think about the other people in your life 
in your community who are likely to be victims of these things. So to break down the kind of things we need to think about and worry about right now, uh, Tim Falinski, the Trend Micro VP of Consumer here in Australia, joins me on the line. Hey, Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. Mate, I, I, it is one of those annoying things, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously makes your business go around, but it's it's kind of frustrating when you see scammers jump onto the the current trend, whether it is a big news event or like right now, end of financial year. But that's their, that's their MO, isn't it? They've got to be relevant so that they can have people fall for it. Well, yeah, and they're always uh, changing and adapting, right? So we might have gone through last year and said, oh, yeah, we're used to all their scams, you know. Um, we'll know what to look out for this year and we've heard everyone talk about it. Well, guess what? They've got a new batch ready for us this year. And, you know, the average website that's scamming is only up for, you know, some for less than one hour. Mm. But, you know, in a lot of times they're bouncing around the internet and they're down within a week. So yeah. therefore, it's always new, it's always changing. And i got to tell you, they're getting more and more sophisticated as time goes on. So they're getting harder and harder to spot. Yeah, and, and where, where's the primary um, uh, uh, venue for these things? Is it still the the email? Is that still the biggest catch-all for people? Uh, obviously, there's SMS, and there's the bigger part of that is it's those links we get sent because people don't realise that, you know, just getting an SMS isn't the scam. It's the clicking the link that's the problem. That's probably one of the bigger risks right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same for both emails and SMS there, and you're 100% right. So... They'll target something topical, which right now it's going to be uh, two things. One, tax return time. And, uh, you know, they may purport to be from the ATO mm. or, or work or, your, you know, your latest statements here or grab this. And the second one is end of financial year sales. Yep. And, you know, the message itself means that you've been uh, targeted or caught up or whatever. And you don't need to get too worried about that because the sad part about it is that all of us have got an email address or a phone number now that it's been standard for more than 10 years. And with the amount of time you've had to utilise that, slowly that kind of information links out. And these guys buy the, buy the list. The problem is clicking on the link. Yeah, That is the number one thing that you shouldn't do. So, you know, the first thing, and what's even worse is they don't put the full link in there. They do those shortened ones, yeah. right? And, you know, therefore people click on that and they do it on their phone and they're just not watching. And it, it only takes a moment. And uh, then you've got to undo it all. And and the thing is, and I do, <laughs> that's a weird thing to say, but I do have great respect for the scammers in that, geez, they do a good job of, of um, uh, imitation. So, and this is phishing. So let's say the text message you get is from a notable tax agent. You know, there's someone that advertises on the TV and it says this tax mm -hmm. agent is available and can get you a big, big return. You click the link and the website uses their logo. It might even look exactly the same as the real tax agent's website. But that's easy to do, isn't it? They can literally clone any website and and you think you're on that website, especially if you're not paying attention to where your phone is actually going in terms of the address. Yeah, and, you know, it can look incredibly deceiving. So I know a lot of companies now are trying to make minor adjustments to their websites all the time to try and make people realise that it may not be it, but yeah, mm. they keep up ahead of us. And it's that, that moment of, you know, you know, I'm busy, quickly do it. It's like uh, while we see most of the banking scams are about the big four banks, mm. whether it be ANZ, NMA, Combank, et cetera. Mm. And it's because, you know, about one 
one in four people, one in five people or a member of that bank. Yep. So they hit everyone. A lot of people go, oh, it's a scam. I don't have anything. Then AB. But, you know, one in five people will. That's right. And therefore, they're likely to kick on the link. Like a big one that's going to happen as well is just the other side of tax time. Because what a lot of people are going to be doing over the next week is buying things online and they're all going to turn up by Australia Post. Mm -hmm. And that's a big targeted person or DHL um, or or someone like that. So Mm -hmm. these scams are not just until the 30th of June. You know, you've got to be careful of them for a week or two afterwards because then it's tax return time. And then it's it's also the delivery of all those wonderful parcels we all bought for June 30th. And then we move into, you know, Prime Day or whatever the other sales are that go on. And that's, again, the Australia Post thing. I mean, that's the worst one I reckon right now is the fact that we are so we so love the idea of tracking a parcel. <laughs> um, we also don't want to miss a parcel. We also hate the fact that Australia Post will just leave a card at your door without knocking. There's all these, you know, ingrained emotions we have about parcels. So actually the parcel one gets traction for that very reason because of the emotion that's involved in, you know, feeling like you're going to miss out on something that you spent some money on. Yeah, and, and it's one that is just so – it catches everyone, right? Because mm. in general, you've always bought something and something could be turning up online and they're not targeting whether you bought it from a, a David Jones or an electronic retailer, no, you know, or right. anyone else. You, can, you know, Australia Post is from everyone. But, you know, like once again, it's it's where, you know, with just a little bit of smarts out there, people can, you know – you know, jump ahead. And like the one thing I do for that is that, yeah, if I get the message or whatever, the first thing I do is go and open up my Australia Post app. Yeah, right. And that's got my email address linked into it and the real information because I know it's from Australia Post. Mm. I don't don't necessarily listen to it. And that app's actually quite amazing. It'll tell you exactly where your parcel is very, very quickly. Right. So then the other part of that is when we talk over there about, you know, the scams coming through on SMS or email while we're on the go, we're on our mobile phone. I still think it's one of the um, the great misnomers of, of society is that you don't need any sort of protection on your phone because phones, especially an iPhone, right? It's a, it's Apple. It doesn't get hacked and, you know, and it doesn't, your phone's not going to get hacked. Let's be clear. You're unlikely to get hacked. Even if there's a vulnerability that's been patched, the chances of you being the single person that's hit by that vulnerability is very, very low. But the chances of you clicking a link, the chances of you falling for it, even if you think you're the smartest person in the world, is quite strong. So explain to my listeners how something like the Trend Mobile Micro, uh, Trend, Trend Mobile, um, Trend Micro, Mobile Security helps, because that's the thing that I forget that I've got installed, and then you click a link, and it it stops me from going somewhere. How's it doing that? Yeah, so we use the same technology we use on our PC uh, blocking uh, notebook uh, technology for any time you go online and same for our smart home and our connected device uh, protection now that it doesn't really matter about the device itself and I I say that you still don't want viruses don't get me wrong Hmm. but it's actually about searching the internet and your journey to the cloud Hmm. so when you click on that link and it starts to open the web page we recognize it as a naughty website, something that is either a, a scam or phishing or it's got some malicious content on there. And the same warning message we will give you on PC, we're now able to deliver to you on your mobile phone. Mm. And we have so many examples of people showing us from Australia Post delivery scams to, oh, you know, you've got this thing from this retailer, etc. And our team are always clicking on all of those links 
and just seeing how many are blocked and blocking ones that aren't. And, you know, using a whole lot of our, what we term our global smart protection network, we're able to track those websites and shut them down immediately for you. So you'll get a warning message that this looks like a dangerous website because there's characteristics that we can tell um, that have them out there. And it just helps you block that and go ahead. And like the number one thing I, I sort of do recommend people behind all of that is that when you do get those notices and all the rest of it, is actually go and type in the address um, of the place you're going, right? It's a little bit like I mentioned before. You've got the Australia Post uh, SMS, oh, we couldn't get this delivery, click on this link. Mm. I go into the app to have a look at it. Yep. You know, you get something about your online order not turning up. I just type in the email address and open into my account to double-check on it, like – you know, we, we're hearing of people, and I heard a, the sad story on TV the other day about the poor uh, guy who got scammed out of over $100,000 yes. in, in an elaborate banking scam. And, and once again, you know, like I've had people call me up from a bank, and I'll thank them. I've asked them what department they've worked in, and I've hung up and called back the main number and asked to be put through. Yep. And then I know that I'm actually talking to someone there. I'm not transferring money to anyone unless I know who it is. And it's that thing, uh, sadly, about life that, you know, you definitely need things like software to help you to click on the link to warn you that you may not be going to do to actually take away a lot of those spam uh, messages getting into your places. But at the same time, um, just make sure the number one way to protect yourself is to loop back around and go in, uh, like going back in the front door of a house, right? Mm. Um, I need to go somewhere. Well, let me go and have a look at it properly and then I'll take the action that I've been asked to take. Is there still a demographic issue here? Um, you know, especially our elderly seem to be the biggest victims, but is there a reluctance or a, maybe a complacency is the right word among the younger generation who maybe aren't spotting these things as well and and are just as vulnerable? Well, you know, if we look at 2021, the, the uh, age group of 20 to 34 were reported to have lost the most amount of money to tax oh, scams. Oh, wow closely followed by those aged 18 to 24, right? Um, whereas those aged over 55 got the least reported tax scams. Um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel that it's a bit of time. Um, I know that, you know, talking to quite a few of the banks, um, that it is people who are slightly older who get picked up by the more elaborate scams yep. versus the tax time scams. Yep. So it, I've got to say that I think in a lot of cases, they're very, very targeted and you probably don't realise you get hit by two or three different versions of a scam that are probably socially constructed for a younger person, for a middle-aged person, for an older person trying to suck you in. And that's a really important Um, point. There's social engineering that goes on in these, you know, elaborate call centre, you know, businesses that are scammers. The social engineering mm. is remarkable. You, you touched on earlier their ability to just buy your details. Just, you know, who cares? You get They've got your email address. doesn't matter because it only matters if you click the link. But if that email is so personalised, you know, it knows that, you know, you're young and you've, you've you know, you haven't filed many tax returns, but, you know, you can get more more back than you ever have before. And, you know, just, just engineering it to a very specific message for you, the 23-year-old as opposed to me, the 46-year-old, that's that's actually how they have success, isn't it? Social engineering. Yeah, definitely that way. And and also experience. You know, like if you have someone who's done online shopping all your life mm. and, and done a whole heap of things, you'll pick up when things don't seem right. 
with someone who's doing it from the first time from online banking. And, you know, we saw a lot of this really escalate throughout COVID because people were having to do things for the first time from, you know, the older generation to actually do online shopping for food. Now, I know this sounds, you know, pretty basic, but, you know, like you you couldn't leave your home. So, you know, Coles and Woolworths did the right thing and, you know, prioritised delivery for elderly people and all the other kind of bits and pieces. But most of them had never bought online. And for them to go through that whole process was, you know, first time and, mm. and, and, oh, my God, how does this work and how does that work? Then to the young people, first time ever, as you mentioned, putting a tax return in, um, you know, even going out, paying utilities and all the rest of it. So they definitely do engineer. And, you know, the we see the cost of information in the dark web very greatly from a generic email address, which, you know, I might be able to buy for – five dollars a verified one for five dollars up to you know a bulk bid for thousands the people that have actually been able to over time build up a very elaborate profile of you mm. from all the different things and activities you've done and you know whether we like it or not and and you know the sad thing that we see out there is that so many companies these days uh, are getting breaches and they're you know releasing yeah. little bits of data from us and all of that is slowly getting pieced out there in the dark web so you know, the, the other thing that we do recognise to people, and I think this time of the year probably brings it to a highlight, is that it's more than just virus and, you know, going to bad websites. It's actually about identity protection now mm. um, is a real key part of keeping ourselves safe online because we need to make sure that it's our identity and how much they know about us is restricted as much as possible. Well, let's talk about ID security because I did a video on that um, a few weeks ago and you know, the internet's full of great comments, as you well know. Um, but there was a couple of comments which I, I – here's how I answer them and, and then you give me your answer. So my video is basically, if you haven't seen this app, here's what it is. You give you, you put in your passport, your driver's license, whatever it is you want to protect, and it, it checks the dark web to tell you whether you've been uh, put at risk and also then monitors it going forward. And a couple of the comments were, yeah, but I've got to give them my passport number and my data, but I've got to give you, Trend Micro, all that information. My answer was, at some point, you've got to trust someone. <laughs> so, you know, let's <laughs> let's let's just admit that we have to actually have trust in our lives. And if I'm going to trust anyone, it's a security company that's been around for a very long time. So how do you, I uh, guess, what's the elevator pitch for ID security to sceptical people? <laughs> So probably the best way for me to do is to sort of explain the purpose. You know, it's, as, as you just mentioned, it's a similar way to a bank, you know, like at the end of the day, I've got to put my money somewhere it's into, into a bank. So yeah. what we do though, is we keep the two sets of information uh, apart. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that if the information that you supply to me is kept in a, in a database um, naturally, and it's all what they termed a 256-bit encrypted and hashed. So you, you can't actually read it. So if someone went and stole the data, it's actually unreadable. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we unhash a part of it. So let's say you've got your passport number, which is usually eight or nine digits long. We release uh, four of those digits, which, um, you know, it, it would not allow your identity to get released. Yeah. And then we pull back out of the dark web any um, information that includes those four digits in a particular order, and then we do the cross-reference outside of the dark web. Okay. So we're not actually checking deep inside. And this is all done in, in a secure offline area, 
and then that data is released back up. So it, it's sort of a multi-layer protection that we do for all that data. But what we never do is release the data into the dark web to check whether it's down there. The data is extracted from the dark web and then checked in a in a side repository if that's a way of yeah, doing you're it. Right. That's fascinating and because, you know, because it, oh, that, that, it, that, that's a way of building that trust, isn't it? Because you're right, it's the bank analogy. Yeah. You know, you've got to put your money somewhere. Um, I'm going to put you, it in a bank You've got to put your money crypto. somewhere. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, like a bank and I can put stuff in a bank and they, they only keep, you know, 5% of all the money deposited at that branch alive there one day. So if they mm. get, you know, held up, they're not losing everyone's money and they can recover and all those other kind of bits and pieces, but, you know, and, you know, they've got security guards and, you know, all those other yeah. kind of things you need to do these days. Yeah, we've done that same layer of protection, you know, as an organisation above and beyond identity, we are getting tested, I can tell you, every day uh, by the cyber criminals out there because naturally they'd like to bring down a big uh, uh, cyber protection company. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a big team of ourselves just protecting ourselves and, and everything that we do behind there, a multi-layer protection. But in regards to identity, that's probably one of the ones we take, you know, the the most precaution on because we have been entrusted with that data. Yep. And uh, to keeping that uh, separated. So, therefore, there's, the two bits of information are not linked together. Mm-hmm. I think is the most important part about it because, you know, our conversation a little while ago, it's not about the fact they've got our email address. It's when they can get our email address and our phone number and more information about us that we don't want to allow them to build build that full identity of us um, yeah. online. It's actually less about taking your identity and applying for credit. It's more about taking your identity and using it to absolutely swindle you through simple scams that uh, you, you fall for, you're tricked into. And isn't it fascinating, uh, and there's one other thing I want to talk to you about, which is the Mac software, But and this leads me to it, but don't you think it's fascinating, and you've been in this game a long time, um, as have I, I remember doing Talkback Radio in 2007, eight, where you know, people would ring up and they'd have a virus on their computer and be like, okay, you need an antivirus. You know, you got to do- Haven't we come to such a different place where, sure, um, software like Trend Micro can detect a virus on the computer, but it's actually mm. so much more important that it protects us from ourselves, <laughs> so clicking links, and protects our information from the outside world. It's very, it's kind of turned on its head, the actual business that you're in. Yeah, it, it's it's getting more complex and comprehensive. And, you know, I think for ourselves what we've seen is that the days of just selling antivirus um, you know, they've been over for nearly 10 years now. Mm. Like we've gone from antivirus to also include internet security. Um, you know, we, we now do also identity. Uh, and that that as its own subset, subset uh, is going to get actually a lot bigger over the next, I think, uh, uh, 12 to 24 months. I that agree. The comprehensive nature of, of getting yourself protected from identity is going to become more. But like the other part that people don't even realize, and a lot of this happened through COVID is, you know, we had time at home, we put all these connected devices into our house. Well, every single connected device that goes to the internet is another doorway um, into your information. And Mm. um, okay, so my light globe gets hacked. Who cares about that? Well, your light globe's connected to your Wi-Fi and across the Wi-Fi, do you do your banking at home? Do you send emails with information about yourself? So if they've hacked your light globe and they can see your Wi-Fi, then all that information becomes exposed. And it's that level and layer of what we're doing. 
Um, so, yeah, it, it's what we term beyond AV uh, when we talk to customers. But, you know, uh, most of our software that we now sell is a comprehensive suite which covers everything from AV to identity to a VPN for when you're out and about and keeping your identity safe and even to our smart home protection as well. Mm. And uh, we're really seeing that that's helping the people, you know, keep themselves protected because, you know, in the, the other part about cyber criminals, right, it's a game of numbers. They're sending out 10,000 emails at a time. And if you're too hard to crack, there'll be at least two, three, four, five percent of people that they'll go deep on because mm. they don't have any protection. So just having a little bit of protection just makes you not that low-hanging fruit that they're after. That's it. That's it. And the last thing I want to talk about, and this is very new to me, um, and I'll, I'll have a review of it probably in the next week, but for people running a Mac – You've got a piece of software called Cleaner Pro, which I just initially on download were blown was blown away by, and I tell you why because I have had issues over the years with a Mac. You know, you fill it up with space, or you feel like there's something wrong with it. Is it malware? Is there something going on? So there's a lot of cleaner products out there, right? And I feel like a lot of them uh, don't have the credibility of a Trend Micro. When I I installed this thing, we're talking about $30, and it just did a nice simple scan of my computer and it told me about, you know, large files. It told me about apps that I haven't been using for a while. It's quite a quite a nifty bit of software for 30 bucks in the App Store for for people running a Mac. Yeah, well, we, we released this software uh, earlier this year in, in a couple of other places and we've had it out through trials and uh, I think, it's, it, for example, it's definitely in the US mm. and it's rated the number one cleaner app yeah. in, in a lot of countries around the world and a lot of stores. So we've now released that in, in into Australia and I think what people sort of misunderstand and, you know, once again, you and I have been around for a while, back in 2007 and eight. you know, you had to run cleaning utilities on your PC often <laughs> and all the rest of it, but <laughs> you had to go all the way to defrag. But there is still some things out there for good digital maintenance mm. of your life and, and your devices. Uh, like I know I, um, I've i just made sure over the past month that because uh, I've moved to a new phone and uh, everything of my photos, uh, which is the one part you want to keep uploaded to the cloud and got rid of all the duplicates because I suddenly figured I had to – I have way too many photos yep. and, and, you know, get rid of those dual, dual sizes and all the rest of it. And um, this little app, um, it's a, I'm, I'm glad you love it. Um, it. It's a real one that I think has taken people because it just makes that whole process so simple. And, you know, really that's what we try to do with our software. Make all that hard stuff that you, you know, oh, my Mac's a bit slow, what should I do? Mm. Download our cleaner utility, run it once a month and it just will keep everything um, sweet and smooth and uh, yeah most of it the Mac users inside our company just simply love it and talk about it and we have released it out yeah yeah no, it's a cracker I really think it's a simple and, and easy to use but also 30 bucks is nothing to keep your Mac running well and keep your disk space sorted nice little disk map to tell me where all my files are and what they are it's mate it's a really good product and I think that in terms of because that's the other thing Mac software often is is reverse engineered from PC software, whereas this looks to me like it was built from the ground up for Mac by Mac people. It's just a different vibe, and, and I think that's that's to your credit because it won't put a Mac person off. It's very well done. So if you are running a Mac, it'll tell you everything from is there a software update for your Mac? Have you got antivirus? But most importantly, where are the duplicate files, similar photos? Let's clean this computer up and get the best from the computer. Simple things like that really make your brand 
again, part of that trust mechanism, which is fundamentally what your business is based on. You need to be the brand that people trust with their identity, with their, you know, cleaning up their Mac, let alone keeping them safe online. So uh, you know, as far as I can tell, you're doing a pretty good job of that. I don't know anyone's got any issues with trust there, but uh, for you, it's just a competitive <laughs> space, right? It's still super competitive market that you're in. Oh, look, it is. And uh, the, the main thing for us is, um, you know, uh, people go, oh, how do you, you know, work against your competitors? And I go, well, that's not who I'm focused on. Mm. Uh, my work is against the cyber criminals out there. And the more the people that are aware of it and the harder that we all make uh, their job and their life in getting to us and uh, getting to our money, I think the better the better the place will be because, you know, at, at the end of the day, we can all, you know, we're not here to tell you don't go on the internet and don't buy online and all the rest of it. We're here to make the world easier to actually do that because it'll really power um, the way we move forward. And that's our company creed and motto. So little things like the Cleaner cleaner Pro that we've bought out um, is all based around that. And uh, our CEO, she really drives us hard to find those new things just to make uh, everyone's life easier in a digital world. Good on you, Tim. Great to catch up as always. And um, good luck with the, the end of financial year yourself, mate. Hopefully you don't get uh, clicking on too many scams, buddy. <laughs> No, I hope not, and I hope all your listeners stay safe as well. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Great to have your company. Great to talk a bit of security today. Let me know if you can help Tiff. Um, I'd appreciate it. As I said, I'll personally compensate you for your time. I, I really just want to help her out. I feel bad for her. And um, it shouldn't be that hard. Life shouldn't be that hard for someone just because they've been dealt a slightly different hand. Um, let me know if there's anything going on with you. Uh, let me know. EFTM.com. Click Ask Trev. If you're looking to buy something, let's talk about it. I love shopping vicariously for other people. Thank you for downloading. And if you're listening in the Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast, um, that will be out this week as will the private feed on Friday. And this week's movie is The Founder. Uh, if you're listening in the EFTM podcast feed, go on, um, please subscribe to the best movies you've never seen and have a listen to The Founder this week. If you never listened to one of the movie shows or you listened to one earlier and you kind of maybe it wasn't your thing, come back, come back. We've tra- changed it up a bit. It's a bit different format. It's a little bit more pacey and we're really happy to help. So, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Always appreciate insights from people. Um, and otherwise, we'll be back real soon uh, on the EFTM podcast. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. <laughs>